Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. But I don't want to do a lot of preliminaries. God is in the room. Let's pray, and we're going to preach. Father, thank you again for your spirit, your presence, your word. I sense you already here. We know that you're already doing something. So open up the hearts of those who are in this room and those who are online. Lord, let this word permeate the heavens and the atmospheres of people's hearts. God, we thank you. We thank you that you speak through your servant today. And we thank you that what it is that you have to say can literally shift and transform lives because it's your word that we cling to. We love you, we bless you, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? I sense God in the room. And what I'm trying to do, uh, I'm trying to be sensitive and specific about what it is that um, we're closing this, this month. Obviously, we're, this is the last Sunday of Let the Church Arise, and there have been so many great things that have happened. I don't want to go through reviews, so just please go back online. Everything is there in the archives. But I feel like what God's saying to us today um, through this word is something that is not just a momentary word. It's not something that's just for now, but I really feel like it's for this next season that we're coming into. So I'm going to ask you to listen not just with your ears, but listen with your spirit. Is that okay? Oh, wait a minute. I had you responding last week. I said, is that all right? Amen. Good. We're in the same. We're in the room, so I can hear you. But um, if you would turn with me over to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, this is going to be a familiar passage of scripture for many of you, and I'm going to read a couple translations. The... Uh, New King James says it this way. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by not my name will humble themselves and do what? If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. What a great promise in the word of God. Another version of it in the message Bible says it this way. God appeared to Solomon that very night and he said to Solomon, I accept your prayer. Yes, I have chosen this place. Somebody say this place. Say it again, this place. When you're saying this place, when we're talking about in this context, it was a temple. It was something that had been built that was beautiful, that had never seen. You'd never seen the likes of it before. But the comparable would be the church, the house of God. Now, we know when we say this place that the Spirit of God doesn't just dwell in temples, but he dwells in this temple. Amen? Amen. And so when he's saying this place, it's talking about geographical locations, but it's also talking about the place of your heart. So he says, uh, I have chosen this place. As a temple for sacrifice, a house of worship, if I ever shut off the supply of rain from the skies or order locusts to eat crops or send a plague to my people. In other words, if I ever have a season where things are just crazy all around us. If there's ever a time 
when literally nothing makes sense. If there's ever a moment where you find yourself week after week and having these, these situations where you're like, I told somebody recently, I literally feel like I'm living in an alternate universe. <laughs> it's, just, it's just things are, and we're trying to get used to it and we're trying to be okay and not complain and you know, find our new normals and all that. But it's, how many of you would agree it's just not normal? Nothing is normal right now. So God is saying, if you ever find yourself in a place where there are locusts and uh, where the locusts eat the crops or send a plague on my people, this is the promise. And my people, my God-defined people, respond by humbling themselves and praying and seeking my presence and turning their back on their wicked lives. Here's what he says to them. I will be there ready for you. I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven. I'll forgive your sins. And I will restore your land to health. And I love this part of the promise. It says, from now on, I'm alert day and night to the prayers offered at this place. Now I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, I'm going to just talk to you. I'm going to speak but I'm asking you to hear this, not just for this moment, but for the season that we're in. Can I explain to you that the world, we understand, we live in cycles. The world, things in our lives are often cyclical. Seasons of life can often be cyclical, cycles. How many of you know, I know it seems crazy right now, and we've never experienced anything like this before, like I said, an alternate universe but how many of you know we're not the first generation to deal with stuff that they didn't understand? Do you, understand, do you realize that? And, and to the point, as I, I felt like this week, I literally felt like I was like writing my dissertation for a, for a doctorate or something because I started studying and I've not, I've not done a whole lot of historical studying, but I was just looking at scriptures and references and started kind of uh, studying church history a little bit and it was super interesting as it relates to where we are now. And what I found again is that there are cyclical things. If you understand, if you go back to the book of Acts and you'll find out that the early church dealt with much more severe stuff than we've ever dreamed of dealing with. Do you know that the early church at times that their heads were being fed to lions for professing their faith in Jesus? I mean, some of the stuff that they went through was beyond, I mean, it was far beyond. And think about it. We've got technology where we can identify things. We've got the greatest systems of, of structure and all the things that, that uh, technology and, and man's wisdom through the heart of God has given us. But there are seasons where things are cyclical. So as I was thinking, last week, some of you who were here or weren't here, if you heard, again, look it up. But I was talking about having grown up in a system and in a church where a lot of my salvation experience was, was based on fear. As I started doing the research this week, I realized that there have been many, many moves of God since the beginning of time. Now, just stay with me for a little bit because I'm going to lay some foundation for you. But there have been many, many different moves of the Spirit of God since the beginning of time. 
And all I did was go back to the 20th century. So I didn't even go past 1900. I went back to the early 1900s. Now I'm going to define a couple things for you and explain why the moment, let me say this, the moment that we are in right now is not insignificant. And the moment that we are in right now is not coincidental. And the moment that we're in right now as a church is not surprising God. It's not shocking him. He has not lost control of his throne and his ability to walk us through it. But the Bible says, especially in the Old Testament, that it would behoove us to be sensitive to the times and the seasons of God. The Bible said that the sons of Issachar were people who understood the prophetic realm and they were able to say, listen, it feels like it's just weird around us, but there's something bigger than me not being able to go into a store without a mask on. Does that make sense? There's something, there's something bigger than that. I know that that's part of the issue, but there's something bigger than this. So when we look at the moves of God, I started studying it. And one of the first moves in the early 19, or excuse me, the earliest, early 20th century was a move of God, God called Pentecostalism. Now, in the Pentecostal movement, um, what we found is that it was uh, widely not received in certain denominations. So you had certain denominations of people, and many of them didn't understand this whole concept of Pentecostalism because it was pretty radical. And it was outside of the box, and it wasn't what the normal, everyday church experience was. So when somebody came in with something that was a little different, people didn't know how quite to take it. Some of the leaders in the Pentecostal movement were Earl Roberts, A.A. A. Allen, William Branham. Um, there were things that were birthed from the Pentecostal movement, something called the Azusa Street Revival. Anybody ever heard of that? Doing a little history, just stay with me, walk with me. Um, then, post that, now remember... When we're talking about a move of God, it's not like from this day to that day. Sometimes things are overlapping a little bit. So one of the moves that was overlapping with the Pentecostal movement was something called the charismatic movement. Anybody ever heard of that? So the charismatic movement, it said, was, it began somewhere around the 60s. Um, Pentecostal principles were introduced in the charismatic movement, and they were actually a little bit more accepted. So in other words... When somebody came in to the charismatic movement, many of them in the Pentecostal movement had to leave their churches and leave their denominations. With the charismatic movement, some of that stuff was brought in and there were actually denominations that were birthed from it. Now here's the important part that I want to drill into today. When the charismatic movement began, what we saw was they were trying to take the church back to a more biblical view in that they were excited that the church, a part of our legacy, a part of our heritage, a part of what belongs to us is miracles, signs, and wonders. Yes. Part of what they were able to tap into through this charismatic movement was the desire to see and to believe God for miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, the other part that was super big in this movement was 
the, I won't say the introduction, but it was a more widely used form of prayer called speaking in tongues. And that whole prayer language began to be a little bit more widely used and widely distributed, I'll say, through churches. Now, why I'm so passionate this morning and why I was so desperate to sing even that song today, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. We set our hearts on you. We need to move because I feel like where we are right now as a church, we've got to have a move of God. We, we have got to have God do something that we've not experienced before. We, I mean, the world has no answers. There's no, I, I said it again last week, there's, uns, I hate to use the term uncertainty, but there's, it's all around us. Nobody knows exactly what to do, but the Bible said when locusts and plagues, when things that you don't understand come your way, what is our response? To pray. The Bible says when those seasons happen and you can't get an answer for what normal, natural life is, we are not left without an option. We can pray. We can seek the face of God. We can seek the heart of God. We can walk into a room that, again, we're socially distancing and having our portions of people that are here and can't be here. But we can find a space where we say, God, you told me that if I would humble myself and pray, and if I would repent of my sins, and if I would walk uprightly before you, that you would heal our land. Yes. Yes. Not the CDC. Not Dr. Fauci. Not all the politicians and doctors and scientists and people who are trying to get a formula and thank God we're believing for some type of a remedy. We're believing for a vaccine or vaccination or whatever you call it. We're believing that we'll have the wisdom and the natural. But who has the power to heal our land? It's our God. And I think it's interesting that we're using this concept about the church arising. When you use that word, I think I defined it last week. I'll do it again. The word arise means to wake up. It means to awaken, to mount, to ascend, to come into being. The word arise is an active word. It's not passive. So I felt like for me, and I, can't, I can only do what I can do. And I can only implore you and preach with all the passion I have and lead you with all the worship I can lead you in. But I'm telling you, I felt by the Spirit of God for me, God saying, listen, you've got to wake up. If you will wake up and seek my face, I promise you, I'll heal your land. And it seems so radical. And it seems like we just walk in our buildings and now, like I said, we can't even have full capacity. We're having one service instead of two. We don't have children's church right now. There are so many churches. I just read this article this weekend that there are two mega churches, one in Atlanta and one in Texas that are 12,000 plus that are not, uh, they're not going to resume services physically in person until 2021. They're not going to be together again as a body until 2021. And I started thinking, God, nothing is normal. Nothing is normal. So what are you imploring us to do 
As the children of God, you said when there are things happening in the earth that my people would humble themselves and seek my face and pray, I would heal their land. Now, why is this important to me? Because I realized that the last move that I want to talk about today is a move called. The move called the Jesus movement was one of the most significant moves in the history of the earth. Now, again, I know it's history, but the Jesus movement was incredibly significant. Here's a little bit of the background of it. The Jesus movement, they say, started in the late, seven, excuse me, late 60s into the early 70s. Why is that important to me? Because that's when I popped into the earth. <laughs> right about the time that the Jesus movement was gaining some traction and speed, late 60s, early 70s, I'm a 71 baby. If you do the math, I'll tell you how old I am. October 1st. But I'm, I was born during the Jesus movement. Here's what, here's what I heard. I heard somebody speak recently, and this is not my, my original thought, so I'll give him credit again. But he was talking about how during the Jesus movement, now, now listen to this, it was one of the most turbulent times in the history, especially of our country. During the Jesus movement, check this out, during the dates that they call the Jesus movement, Malcolm X was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated. Robert Kennedy Jr. was assassinated, or Kennedy. The Vietnam War was coming toward an end during that time. There were riots, there were protests, there was bombings, there was all types of turbulence that was happening in the land during this Jesus movement. Oh. And then the Bible says, and history tells us, that during the Jesus movement, what happened was people got so tired of their traditional church and they got tired of just going through the motions and doing the same routine and the stuff that they were used to and they said, we want something more and they went after God, they went hard after God and the Bible, not the Bible, but history tells us that during the Jesus movement, up to that point, the Jesus movement became the greatest and largest number of people who gave their lives to Christ ever in the history of our country. Up to that point, we've never seen anything like people receiving Christ during the Jesus movement. And why am I fired up? Because being a child of the 70s, and I wanted to make sure that I edited it and and I'm careful about what I say because, again, I know we got children in the room and, and there's people that are watching online that maybe you're not familiar with the things of God and the things of the kingdom. But can I tell you, growing up as a child in the church in the 70s was crazy. It was a full-on experience. My mom came from the Pentecostal movement into, or excuse me, the charismatic movement in through the Jesus movement. And the churches that I was raised in, prayed. Can I say that? We prayed. I remember sitting, I tell stories a lot, but I remember sitting in the fourth or fifth row on a red pew because during those times, 
during this Jesus movement, during this heightened awareness of the presence of God and speaking in tongues and all the things that were going on, do you know what also happened a lot of times in services? We had to deal with the devil. Don't say that in church. People won't understand that. This is the society that doesn't get that. That might be the problem. Right? We can't say, we can't do, we got to be careful, we got to be politically correct. Well, we dealt with devils in that church. And I remember being seven, eight, whatever years old, and I think it's good for an eight-year-old to hear this, because what I knew when our pastors were laying their hands on people, and I literally, not through the exorcist or some crazy movie, I literally saw people spit up stuff. Would, would devils being cast out of them? I literally saw manifestations. I literally saw a woman swirling and squirming on the floor almost like a snake. I literally saw it. And here's what I want you to know, Bryce Weeby. How old are you, Bryce? You're eight years old. That's an awesome age. You know why? Because when I was in services like that, and all these things were happening in the spirit. My mom spoke to me and declared to me that the power of God in me is stronger than anything else I see in this room. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be spooked out. Greater is he that lives within you than he that's in the world. I didn't fight in some of those battles, but I would sit on the pew and she'd say, just hold this Bible and say the blood of Jesus. Am I the only one? She would say, hold that Bible and you just plead the blood. Why you plead the blood? Because the blood of Jesus is stronger than any principality or power or devil that comes against you. Yes. So I'm fired up because I realized that it was people who didn't try to be politically correct about the presence of God. They didn't care Necessarily Now, some of that led into craziness, which is how it always happens, right? <laughs> Somebody goes off the, off the deep end, and then a move becomes something weird. Welcome to humanity. But the principles of it were that because of the turbulence happening in the world, bombings, assassinations, fighting with un amongst ourselves, God allowed his spirit to move stronger than ever before. Guys, what's happening right now? Bombings, fighting, plagues, uncertainty, not being able to gather as the church. Are you kidding me? The strongest organism on the face of the earth and we can't gather as the church? Are you kidding me? This isn't normal. So I'm saying to you, and somebody said, I heard another pastor say, if you, if you think about it mathematically, mathematically it is it's the, highly, the most highly improbable thing for us to have a pandemic and racial stuff and the creativity that's going on with certain um, technologies and stuff. It's just absolutely unreasonable that it will all happen at the same time. And I'm here to tell you, I believe God's up to something. I just believe it. And so leaving that movement, which is what became the Jesus movement, which is what DC Talk referred back to 
some 20 years after that by writing a song called Jesus Freak. The concept is, are you willing to humble yourself and pray and seek his face so as to find an answer that can heal our land? Or do we just want to be happy to be back in the room again? And to have our jobs come back and to have another possible stimulus package in a couple weeks and to thank God, you know, stay away from cases that are rising and whatever else. I bind that in Jesus' name. We don't agree with that in the name of Jesus. We're not frivolous. We're not, you know, we take care. We take caution. We do all this stuff. But I don't witness with that whole, they're rising and it's going to get worse. I don't witness with, if my people who are called by my name would just humble themselves and pray. You want to figure out what to do for the next few months? Pray like you've never prayed before. Do you know that during those times when there were devils and stuff being cast out in front of me as an eight-year-old kid and I'm sitting at the seat pleading the blood of Jesus, you know what I was also doing? I was praying in my heavenly language. I was praying in the spirit. I know it's not politically correct. I know people who don't always understand it or get it, but that was a part of my package that God said we could have as believers. Do you know that that belongs to you? It's not some special gift that the elite and the elect get, but that God has given us this tool of praying in the spirit. You know what I thought was so interesting? As I was doing the research, and you look up through Barna and whatever else, it was going through the different people groups, through the baby boomers, through Gen X, through whatever they are in order. I'm not sure what they are. But I remember them saying that one of the values of the millennials right now, it said that one of the values of millennials who are church goers is they put a high premium on praying in the spirit. Did you know that? That shocked me. You know why? Because that's exactly what happened during the move in the 70s. Praying in the spirit, praying with the authority that God has given us, praying, understanding that we are above only and not beneath, praying, understanding that we are fighting from a position where we've already won. Do you know that that thing is being resurg- is resurging in this generation? Did you know that? Yes. I thought that was the greatest news. We, we get on them and we're, they're out there protesting and burning stuff down. And we know that that's wrong and it's crazy. But there's a remnant of them that want to just believe that God can do something. There's a portion, statistically, that just said, hey, I don't have anything else to cling to. Let me hang on to the power and the movement and the ability to see God do something. Can I just tell you, we don't do it in church. It was interesting as we're talking about this whole praying in the spirit. Do you know that during this pandemic, I have prayed in the spirit more in this season than I have maybe in my entire life? Do you know that I do it every single day, not every other day, not every once in a while, not when I feel like it? Every day I pray in the spirit. You know why? Because my mind doesn't know what to pray right now. I can pray for our our leaders. I pray for our president every day. I pray for the doctors. I pray for our government officials. I pray for our law enforcement people. 
I pray for our teachers. I pray for our church. I pray every single day. But do you know that a big portion of my prayer is, is praying in the spirit? Because I don't know what to say with my own brain. And we're so freaked out about it. Oh my God, that might be weird if we say something in a church. No, the movement that produced the most people coming to Christ understood miracles, signs, and wonders, and their authority in prayer. And they produced the most people that had ever seen Jesus. And I'm finding myself like, so God, as we come back into this season, now it's not about building buildings anymore which we're still going to build our building and we've got approval and things are moving forward and it's awesome. So I'm not saying anti that, but I'm just saying it's bigger than the stuff that we got used to. Are you hearing me? There are people who are lost who don't know Jesus right now. And there's not a better time for us to understand the authority that he's given us through our prayer. I'm almost done. But I was thinking about this. I was listening through, I love Hillsong. I, I appreciate Hillsong because they've been faithful and consistent as musicians. They produce good music year after year after year after year after year. I love a lot of different people, Elevation and Nicole and David Binion. I love a lot of artists. But I was listening to a song recently called I Will Exalt You. And it was from one of Hillsong's earlier records, probably maybe their fifth or sixth early record. And the part of the song goes, the chorus just says, I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. You are my God. The verse says, my hiding place, my safe refuge, my shelter, Lord, you are my prince of peace anointed one most holy and then I was taken aback because between that last line most holy and the next chorus do you know what the leader of the song started doing singing in the spirit Brooke Fraser at the time she said, most holy. There was a musical interlude and she just started going, hey, la, 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 ma, say, ya, la, ma, say, ya, la, lo. Ya, la, man, de, ya, la, na, ye, ya, la, ma, so, ye. Hey, la, ba, say, ya, la, no, no. And it was on a record. It actually got recorded. It actually went around the world. I don't know where they are now but I can tell you something about that atmosphere of praying in your heavenly language, of using the authority and the power of God that he's given us. And we're mindful. And I get it. Maybe you're in the room and you don't understand that and it's new to you. Or maybe you're watching and you're, you're like, what is he talking about? This is weird. Is it some kind of... I'm just telling you, to me, the difference between my natural prayer language and my heavenly prayer language is a difference between driving a gremlin or a Ferrari. Okay? There's still a gremlin. I don't think they even make gremlins. It's, you're, you're gonna, you can get to the same place, but how much, how much more would you rather take the Ferrari? That's a difference. 
God, time runs always on me. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 3. I got to close on this. Ephesians chapter 3 says this. To me, this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. He says, who are, who, to me, who am the least and the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Number verse 9, it says, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery of God. So Paul is saying that there's this mystery that he has been privy to. And it says here, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. This is the part I want you to see, verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, watch this, might be made known by the church. Now watch this. To who? The Bible says that we have this wisdom and this understanding that needs to be made known by the church. But who we're talking to? To the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. <clears throat> so when we're praying, and in the 70s, when folks is casting devils out, and, and I've seen people, like I said, I've seen people delivered from, from sickness, from, from perversion, from, from disease. I mean, I've physically seen it. But how many of you know, in, in retrospect or in relation to or in comparison, those are small spirits that we're talking about. When we're talking about a principality and a power, you're talking about territorial things. I know it's deep. But here with your spirit, we're talking about stuff that's not just what you're dealing with in the room. You're talking about stuff that is that's trying to constrict regions of the world. And this is the spiritual promise that God has given us that we have a mystery in Jesus Christ. Why? By the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. In the last verse, I'll give you this. Verse 10 in Ephesians and the, the Passion Translation says it. Now by my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. I want you to be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. I want you to stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. This is, all, this is the whole verse. You guys will be familiar with it. I want you to put on the armor of God, right? You guys know that verse? Here's a good translation of it. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat, you don't wrestle with human beings. We're not fighting people. I mean, if you get sucked into the battle of, of people and, and those types of things... The Bible's saying we're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against principalities, the highest principalities and authorities operating what? In rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and the evil spirits that hold this world in bondage. You can take that off the screen. But here's what I know to be true. When Paul was talking to this church at Ephesus, and I'll finish with this. Team, can you go ahead and come on up? The whole crew. When Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus, if you go back, and I don't have time to do it, through the first, second, and third Ephesians, God begins to remind his children the authority that they had in him. Through Paul, 
He reminds his children that you are overcomers, that you are heirs with Christ, that you are above only and not beneath. He goes on and just keeps talking. He says, listen, so when you are praying, you are praying from a position of authority. You are praying from a place of power. You are praying from a spot where the Spirit of God has already given us the victory. I'm done. But here's the thing, church. The only answer to what we're dealing with right now is prayer. And I'm asking you that when you pray, you don't pray out of fear and you don't just pray out of the need that we have, but I'm asking you to begin to pray out of the authority that God has given you over every spirit of darkness. I'm asking you. I know it's a little deep for a Sunday morning. I know some of those places, and I'm thankful that our pastors are people of prayer. They believe in prayer. They endorse prayer. We're founded on prayer. This church has been built on prayer, and I can't tell you a better time for us to dig our heels in and just seek the face of God. I'm asking you. I'm imploring you. If history repeats itself, and this is a cycle that we are in, do you understand that we are poised for one of the greatest moves of God that we've ever seen? I'm going to say that again because somebody should have been celebrating. That we are poised to see one of the greatest moves of God that the earth has ever seen. my people would humble themselves and pray and pray and pray and seek his face that a move of God can happen we are desperate for a move your jobs, the people around you, your schools your teachers, I just can't do the same thing guys team, I can't do the same thing anymore I'm not okay just learning stuff to not have an expectation of a move of God. Come on up. Come on up with me. Your spirit, your presence. Did you guys get that this morning? Prayer. This week, we've got something really cool happening on Wednesday. Pastor Chris will tell you about it. But the following Wednesday, we can't gather. We're being careful with everything. We just don't want to put people in any type of extra risk or whatever. So we've been super mindful and super attentive to those things. But can I tell you that we're going to pray online and we're going to seek God's face and we're going to ask him, what do you want to do in this next season? God, what are you doing in now, church? You know why? Because we need a move. We need a move. Oh God, we need a move. Of your spirit, we need you. Just close your eyes and say that now. We need you. A move of your presence, God. We need you. Breathe into us, speak into us. We need you. A move by your spirit, God. We need you. Oh.
move for me? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I didn't do this last week and I felt bad because I don't know if you're in the room or maybe you're watching by way of live stream and you didn't come up in a Jesus movement or a Pentecostal movement or charismatic or whatever else and maybe you're outside of the kingdom of God in your heart and you don't know who he is. In these moments, we're, we're almost done, but I'm asking you to just reach your hand out toward heaven wherever you are. If you're in this room and you don't know God and you don't know Jesus and you don't have a viable, valid relationship with him and you want to accept him, I'm asking you real quickly right now in this room and online, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you. If you're here or you're there, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the on-ramp to knowing who you are is accepting you in our hearts. Lord, young and old, five years old, four years old, you, we can know who you are and have relationship with you. So Jesus, I ask you right now, as we are here together, Lord, take our sins away, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, cause us to be your sons and your daughters, heal our land as we draw close to you. In Jesus' name, heads bow, continue, and we're almost again there. But if you are one in this room, and we don't have to do it necessarily now, but you don't have your prayer language, and you're unsure maybe even about what it means, or you're, you're uncomfortable with the thought of it, it's not weird, it's not spooky, it's, it's natural, but I'm telling you, it's the best tool in the world for your prayers to hit heaven directly head on because you're praying the heart of the, of the Father. You're praying by the Spirit of God. So right now, even in this room, if that's you and you've got questions and you want to know, Pastor Chris and I can be available even after service, but, but don't let your life be without the power source that you've got. Father, we thank you. We're not ashamed of the gospel. Singing that we're done, stand up on your feet. Come on. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this. If you believe in miracles happen when you heaven is coming. Come on, lift it up. If you need healing, see the Miracles happen when you healing is coming right here, right here, right now. Miracles, signs, wonders.
last time just declare it over there this is a move this is a move own title God just the voices this is a move oh this is the move I don't know the name of it yet but God is doing something this is a move right in the midst of the spirit this is a the time but this is important and even if you're watching us online this is important eyes closed hands raised and our posture is we will receive everything Jesus has promised us and part of this is being filled with the spirit and every evidence of it Lord we just receive we receive everything you have for us. We receive everything you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you just want to linger here all day. ourselves and seek you God on behalf of the nations we seek you God on behalf of healing we seek you God oh this is I just encourage you, this is the beginning of something. This moment isn't isolated. This is the beginning of something. Some of you just felt like you just stepped out, just stepped over that threshold into something that's very different. And maybe you have questions about that. As Pastor Lindsay has already stated, we're here, we're available. Uh, me, Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Tristan, we will make ourselves available right here after the service. If you are here and you want to talk, if you're online, you're watching us and you're really wanting to reach out, please reach out to us. If you have some questions about this, we want to help you to just receive everything and walk in everything that God has intended for you. This isn't something that he's holding back. It's something he's already promised and every price has already been paid for this. It's just receiving the full package and all the benefits that God has for us. He wants us to be empowered, to be, to make a difference, to be a part of this move of God. Isn't that awesome? Let's just give it God a one more hand clap of praise right now for a great day and a great word, an awakening word. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video. 
online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.